This is the Morning Buzz on Spice Radio 1200 AM. You're with me, Natasha. Along with me is Mankiran. Wild salmon are an integral part of the Pacific Northwest, so much so that some First Nations peoples on the West Coast call themselves salmon people. And today, we're going to feature an amazing community center that has families coming to it to learn about the cycle of life, feeding the fish, and you can also be a volunteer as well. And to take us through all of that is... Dave Benny, who is the Vice President of the Port Moody Ecological Society. Not only that, he has been awarded uh, many awards for his volunteer work as well. A warm welcome to the show, Dave. Hi. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a pleasure to have you on the show, Dave. So let's get with what are salmon doing at this time of the year? What are they up to? Uh, lots of people come, have come down to see uh, We had an uh, extra large coho uh, run this year, mm-hmm. the salmon, so we've had all sorts of people coming down to see all the fish because it's been a very abnormally large year. Two years ago, we had hardly any fish, and I don't, I can't explain it. And the next year, we had a whole bunch. I didn't think there's going to be any fish because we had no water in our creek because of the global warming. It just everything's been so dry this summer, last summer, and this summer. Yet we had big runs of fish. As soon as it rained, we had a lot of fish. So I can't explain it. So maybe there's something about the Noons Creek Hatchery, because among the Tri-Cities, we did a good run, right? We had the best coho run in years. Yeah, it's very abnormal. We probably had about four or 500 coho come back. Three years ago, we had about 15 fish. That was it. So just to give an idea, when the cohos or the salmons come back, what are they doing at this time of the year? Uh... I always have a bit of a joke about this. They come back and have a glass of wine, smoke a cigarette, and do a little bit of romance, and then die. <laughs> well, I would that like... It doesn't happen like that, but uh-huh. they come back, and they, you know, it's like two guys going to the gravel bar. They fight over the cute, cute fish, and then they uh, have uh, lay their eggs, and it's the end of the season for them, so end of the life cycle. But that's not the end of the life cycle for the fish. Because uh, when they die, all the little critters in the creek feed on them, and all the little bugs feed on them. So when the fish hatch, they got all sorts of high-protein bugs that are being fattened up from feeding on the fish. I like the way you put it, you know, Dave. And uh, for me, in my head, Noons Creek Hatchery, or any other hatchery for that matter, is like a kindergarten school for the salmon, as well as a retirement home, so to say. I'm having troubles here. I'm losing you, sorry. (laughs) Uh, can you hear me now, uh, Dave? Yeah. yeah, I can hear you now a little bit better, except the way i got people coming down here asking me questions. <laughs> right, so that brings me to my next question. Families make a trip to the hatchery. So what happens when they come there, and what time should they come there? Uh, well, any time right now, the fish are just, there's probably about maybe 15 fish still hanging around in front of the hatchery, uh, the coho. Our chum salmon have already come in and spawned. They don't spend any time hardly at all in freshwater. They come in right, you know, they spawn within the first week of hitting the fresh water. But our chums are coho, they'll stay, some of them will hang around for almost a month in the fresh water before they spawn. Now, Dave, I know we've had the best coho return in years, but there has been an impact of global warming, as you said, urbanization, climate changes. So how has that impacted our salmons? Well, it's, it's hard to I can't explain why we had so many fish back. Maybe they, they've taken some fish farms uh, off the coast further up, or maybe our fish travel through. I don't know that, but uh, there are some of the other places where they remove fish farms, they got salmon runs back. So. And uh, some of the, uh, there's some up the coast further, they've taken some fish farms out and they got 
salmon back this year in streams they haven't had in years. So trouble is our little fish, they go up and they go through the fish farms and they're full of sea lice. They get tacked, the sea lice get all over the fish, they don't survive. The small fish and fry. And then we never see them, but we don't see that because it's way up the coast. But there's people doing research up the coast, see what's going on, and they've fought really hard to get rid of the fish farms, and now we're uh, uh, getting some of the maybe the results of that happening. We don't know. It's kind of hard to prove it, but I don't know exactly where our fish go when they hit the ocean. So they, but they do travel up the coast. Now, Dave, you've been volunteering for so many years, and uh, Port Moody has changed dramatically. So how has urbanization impacted our salmon as well? Oh, f- further up that mountain, when I first volunteered here, there was hardly any subdivisions. Now there's subdivisions everywhere up the hill, and when the trouble is when it rains, now it lands on the roofs, on the driveways, and everything goes down the storm drain like really fast. And then never the water never soaks into the ground hardly anymore, except for people that have their little small lawns and stuff like that and small gardens. But most of the water ends up going down the road, into the storm drain, into the creek, and out in the ocean within, you know, a day or so, it's drained off the mountain. Instead of being on the ground, it might take a week for that water to slowly seep out and make it down into the creeks. Now it takes, you know, goes down in an hour or two. You know, after a heavy rain, we can see the creek go up, you know, four or five inches within an hour or so just because of rain. Never used to do that. Wow. Now, Dave, I know that Noon's Creek Hatchery has a lot of projects going on throughout the year. You'll have some festivals as well. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, we have uh, a big festival on the first Saturday in May. It's called the Fingerling Festival. We've had up to 80 environmental groups from all over the valley and some from Vancouver Island over the years. And some entertainment, Bob's a little kids entertainers. They've been probably every year since we started it. Uh, We get around four or 5,000 people coming to this festival every year. And the National Aboriginal Day, we have a big uh, celebration in the park, the Rocky Point Park. We have an indigenous project going on at Hatchery. Now we're having five house posts, Coast Haley's carvings. Most people call them totem poles, but they're called house posts. Uh, Coast Haley's people didn't carve totems. But anyways, there being carvings, and there is Katesy, Quaquitlam, Musqueam, Flayla Tuff and Squamish bands will all have a, a carving representing their nations all around the head of the inlet. And some of them mean carved right here at their hatchery, so lots of people come down to see that. And we've had the Hospice Society does a celebration of life type stuff down here. All sorts of things. People like the, like the hatchery, they like the surroundings, and they feel like it's peaceful. So it's close to the parking lot, yet they feel like they're out in the woods. Now, Dave, I uh, I do know that a lot of parents who listen into the show have teenagers as well. So there are a lot of volunteer opportunities as well, as well as it being a very educational experience when they do come down to the Noons Creek yeah, Hatchery. Wait, uh, I uh, take kids on school tours right through from preschool right on up to UBC, university students. I have uh, do school tours, uh, educational tours, environmental tours, type stuff. Depends on what the kids want to see. That goes on, and we have our regular Saturday and, well, during the week, but always looking for new volunteers to work in the hatchery itself. And then Saturdays we have a bunch of, uh, a lot of, lot of times students come in and they volunteer and we have a water quality lab and stuff. And we give out scholarships of people of volunteering down here. They're going into environmental sciences. 
for the least I've seen of those is 2000 and the most I've seen is $7,000 given out. So it all depends on the interest rates because we kept, uh, we had a fellow that passed away and donated one-eighth of his estate to our hatchery, and that sits, money sits in the Vancouver Foundation, and we take the interest off it every year. So, yeah, we're a registered charity, so we can give out tax receipts for donations to help make everything run smooth, so. Awesome, and it's a volunteer-run hatchery, 100% volunteers. Just come on down. <laughs> yeah, we need some Introduce help. yourselves and... Yeah. Now, Dave, before I let you go, our furry friends welcome because I have a dog. And I'd like oh, to yeah, we there. feed all the dogs. Yay. I can't walk around the inlet without dog biscuits because all the dogs know me. So Awesome. So you want to get... I was called Willy Wonka, the dog world, <laughs> a little while ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you can meet Dave Benny, a.k.a. Willy Wonka for the doggies. And uh, you'll be there between 9 and 11 every morning, isn't it? That's right. Awesome. And this is at 300 Ioko Road over the footbridge, the very right. Yeah, the best place to come to is like that 300 Ioko Support Moody Rec Center. If you look down the far right-hand side of the hockey rink, there's a little bridge there. Okay, we'll find you there, Dave. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Uh, have a great day, everybody y- out there. Okay. Y- you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.